Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Perno Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. Really great to be with you all again. Um, and I'm really excited about today's guest because she's a friend of mine. Um, she's, yeah, really incredible person. Uh, came on the podcast a couple of times last year. Um, welcome back, Elle Rose. Hey, it's good to be back. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It feels like it feels like ages since we were last talking. It also feels like yesterday. Like time is really strange right now. Definitely, for sure. Like, yeah, it's it's like one forty in the afternoon, but I look outside and it feels like it feels like it's a different time of day and year than it is. <laughs> like, I don't know what's I going know, on right? anymore. Yeah. It's really strange. It's really strange. Um, you might have encountered Elle. Uh, she does a lot of stuff on tiktok she has a lot of advocacy for demisexuality uh and even has a podcast as well so she's very much out there doing a lot of great stuff um and today we're going to talk about adhd um which is um like a subject that we're both familiar with um l probably more familiar with than, than me um i was kind of diagnosed by my therapist about a year ago uh and but l has been kind of in this world a lot longer than me uh, and done a lot of advocacy for this as well. And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about this so that we can raise some awareness and that maybe some sort of solidarity for people out there who are who are suffering, uh, going kind of trying to learn about themselves. Because I've found the more I've learned about ADHD, the more I've understood myself, and the more I've um, come to um, um, you know accept parts of myself that I couldn't. Um, Except before or couldn't explain before so uh yeah so tell us a bit about your your story kind of your experiences with adhd right um so um i was not diagnosed until i was 25 initially um and initially i was diagnosed with primarily inattentive but i have been seeing doctors in in and out of um psychiatric hospitals and those are my cats in the background sorry listeners um, fortunately can't stop them from being cats, but, um, I've been in and out of hospitals and like intensive treatment for depression since I was 12. And I was initially misdiagnosed in adulthood with bipolar. And, um, they, I think they did that because I was like my brain, like my, my thoughts just go really, really fast. And so they thought racing thoughts, bipolar disorder, mania, which like, if you, you know, you don't know as much about like distinctions between things, then that that kind of makes sense. But I never had, like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm like hallucinating or anything. I was, because um, the m- mania can include hallucinations. I wasn't breaking from reality and like in that way or anything, but I would stay awake for days because I'd be so focused on something. And so they thought, oh, you must've been manic, but it turns out, no, I just couldn't pull myself away from it. Like, one time during a project in college, um, I was I was in the printmaking room and I was so focused on something and I hadn't slept in days and I passed out. And then I went back to my dorm and I stayed awake, <laughs> like working on it because I couldn't stop. But um, eventually I got suspicious that my diagnosis was wrong because I would go to hospitals and they would only diagnose me with depression and um I would be on just antidepressants and I would never become manic. And you're supposed to, if you're only on antidepressants and you have bipolar disorder, supposedly that should theoretically drive a person to mania. And it never did for me. And they never saw borderline personality disorder either. And I would be there for 
a few days up to a few weeks. And so I was like, hey, this might be wrong. And my psychiatrist was just not willing to consider it. I got to the point where I had to lie to her to get antidepressants because I was like, I'll definitely also take my mood stabilizers, which made my life a living hell. But oh, gosh. But um, of course, I didn't. Sorry about that, guys. Those are my cats. And so I finally went to a new doctor and was like, I don't know if I have ADHD or not. And I was also seeing a therapist at the time who um, also had ADHD. And she was like, I think you have it. And um, the psychiatrist was like, well, I don't know, um, you know, if you like have it for sure or not, but we can try a low dose of Adderall and see if that works. And it was like the volume in my brain was turned down for the first time. And I didn't even know that was an option. And like, it was, I mean, it was revolutionary. <laughs> and so I was on that for a while. And then um, I had to go off meds because like I was in between health plans. And then this past, actually last year in 2020, my health insurance made me get tested like and diagnosed again. And I was terrified of that because I was like, what if I don't have it? What if I, I spend a lot of time even now, like trying to deal with the trauma of just like reaching out for help and repeatedly being not exactly ignored. And depression is very serious. I, I don't want to downplay that. But when you have depression and ADHD, and doctors do not take ADHD seriously and aren't willing to address it, then the person's not going to get better. You know, they're still going to struggle with so many things. And that just kept happening and happening and happening. And so when I went this last year to get re-diagnosed, um, I was very scared. But um, when I went back for the evaluation, he was like, so I'm, I think it's kind of more inattentive, but your um, combination type and, um, like I, I, he, he basically was like, I do, I do think that you have it. Um, and this was like after thorough testing that they make you take papers to your friend and also give one to someone who's known you from early childhood, see if they remembered you doing that then. And my um, sister, like she was looking at the checklist and she was like, yeah, all of this was you as a kid, <laughs> like every single one. And I was like, oh, okay. So I got rediagnosed, and now um, I am just trying to figure out I'm I'm trying to learn again about like who I am versus like who I've been. I like you hide these things because you learn to because you get punished if you don't. And I'm still trying to like learn how to not do that. So it's that's kind of where I'm at right now with it. But um, it's just a long, exhausting journey <laughs> to get correctly diagnosed. And um, I'm glad that I finally have it, but it should not have taken as long as it did like that. Still, I have so much anger about like, you went to school for this. How did nobody see, you know, like, I just have a lot of thoughts on that, but generally, yeah, that's where I would say is where, where the story's at right now. Yeah. And that's the diagnosis thing is such a difficult one. I mean, my, my therapist told me that he, he thought I, I almost certainly had it. Um, uh, and you know, I've done so, like I I've not got a formal diagnosis or even thought about medication or anything like that. I mean, I, I guess, well, I think that I've noticed that, I, that I've realized about myself, which might be ADHD things are like my attention span and that I forget, I'll just clean out, forget things sometimes. Like, um, people, 
email me and I'll just com- just completely forget that I promised to email them or something. Or, you know, just just little things that you think, well, I'm just, oh, I'm just forgetful. I'm just, you know, and actually, no, it's not, you know, and like when you like when you go to the bathroom to do, to, to to do something and then you forget why you went there and do something else, right? Or like for me, sometimes actually, when I pick up my phone to do something specific and then I forget to do that and do something else. And then I think, why would I really pick up my phone? It wasn't for this. Like, I can't even remember. Like, and it's those little things. Um, yeah. Um, so I can't imagine what it'd be like for me on medication. I'd be like, um, like, well, is this, is this what normal people are like? Uh, I, no, I know, sorry. Forget normal people. That's not the right term. Yeah. That's, um, is this what people without ADHD are like? Um, yeah. I think that's what I meant to say. Um, yeah. Um, but uh yeah it's so it's an interesting interesting thing that I mean, what are the i mean for people who are kind of new to it um who are still learning about it what are the kind of classic symptoms of adhd Ooh, um this i mean that's kind of a difficult one for like i because i don't um because i i don't like present typically quote unquote because um well, I mean, in the ways that I do are not ways that people would normally associate with ADHD. And I think that's because I've kind of learned to hide it. Um, impulsivity is a big one, but it doesn't necessarily show up the way people think it does. Like it might be like I'm driving around. I'm like, oh, I want to go over there. And like, I wasn't planning to go over there. Now I'm going over there. All right. We were already doing that. Okay. Um, getting stuck in between things is a big one for me. Like, And that's a big part of executive dysfunction is I will just get decision paralysis where I'll be like, I meant to do this, but I also need to do that. But I also need to do that. I don't know which one to do first. And if I don't do these things, I can't do this other thing. And I will just like sit there and like, it just whirs in my brain, but I can't, my body just isn't doing anything. Um, I fidget a lot, but I've learned to be, um, I've, I'm pretty good at like having small fidgets because again, you get, you get chastised, um, if you're like up and running around da, 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 da. like, and it's exhausting not to, is what I've learned. Like when I fidget, I have more energy. It's a regular, it's a regulatory behavior. Um, stimming, it's a regulatory behavior. And like, if I don't fidget, then I have actually learned the hard way that if I have to like sit, like stay still, it's literally tiring for me. Um, excessive talking, is a big one. It's a one way that hyperactivity manifests um, in particularly in uh, girls and um, AFABs. And then uh, this is an interesting one, but emotional dysregulation is actually like a big one for a lot of people. It was a big one for me too. Like when I'm on my meds, my emotions are much more, I can handle them. I can process them. When I'm not on my meds, I'm much more likely to, um, I mean, just to freak out at little things, to be much more irritable, to be um, a lot less patient, a lot more tired, but like I'll get stuck in an emotion too. Like even if I want to move out of it, it's like my brain is like, we're over here, but we can't shift out of this gear. It's like trying to drive and park. <laughs> like it doesn't work. <laughs> like my engine's going, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but um, those are big ones. Yeah. I think- yeah. Just, there's so much about ADHD that we think of like a hyperactive little boy and not that it can't be that, but for so many of us, it's 
I'm hyperactive, but I have to be quiet about it or you won't like me. And I'm afraid of that. You know, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. And I, a lot of those things that you talked about resonate with me too. Um, yeah. Um, so many of them. Like, um, and yeah, it's, it's funny when you were just talking about them. Like, like you know, this, um, the emotional dysregulation one. Like, yeah, I. That's why I get angry at little things sometimes, and I'm like, I never understood why I got angry at little things. I think like, people don't understand that it's, like, it's not just like, it's not like a little emotion like necessarily, but to like to other people it might be, but to us it's like, this is the end of the world. Like your brain is literally like, this is it, we're done. Like, and that's not an exaggeration. It'll just be like, okay. And it can really overtake, you can overtake you like your entire day, like so quickly. <laughs> like, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's just so. Yeah, when you hear it, it just makes it's just it's so kind of oh, right. That's why I do that. That's why I do that. That's that explains that. Um, yeah, yeah. What are the what are the kind of most common misconceptions about ADHD that people have? Um, I think the biggest one is that you grow out of it for some people that can be true, but it is, um, it is a neurodevelopmental disorder. Like it is literally a difference in how our brains develop. It is not something that once I turn 18, boom, now I'm neurotypical. It doesn't work like that. Um, another one would be that girls can't have it. That's a big one. There are, there are still doctors that still are like, oh, girls can't have it. Another one um, is that we just want to get high, that that's what our meds are for. For us, if you have ADHD and you take um, you take like a stimulant, like Adderall, Vyvanse, it will like, it'll slow down your brain because your brain wasn't carrying chemicals the way it was supposed to. Now it is. And it feels like it's, it's like a calming feeling. If you were neurotypical and your brain is already moving chemicals the way it's supposed to, and you take a stimulant, it speeds up those chemicals. So for someone who's neurotypical, that's why it's like a giant dose of caffeine or something. Like, But for us, it's not like that. Um, that Adderall is meth, not true. Um, there's a There are very important chemical differences between Adderall and meth, not to mention Adderall is not made in someone's garage. It's <laughs> a big one. Um, and that we can't focus, I think, is a really big one because we we are paying attention to everything all the time, but we're just not able to regulate where it goes. And sometimes we get way too into something and we can't pull ourselves away from something. And like people think that we can't pay attention, but sometimes we pay way too much attention <laughs> instead. Like, I think those are big things. Oh, and lastly, I would say that you can't be good at school. Because like for years I was told like, oh, we don't think it's that because like you're, you're really good at school and people like, you know, it's one of the ways it's supposed to affect you. But I got to college and like without that structure of like period, here's your periods, um, seven, seven periods a day and like all these things and day in and day out and like people basically managing your schedule for you, my life fell apart. Like I, I couldn't do it. It became normal for me to spend at least one night in the first week of the semester pulling an all-nighter 
and I would already be behind and I just couldn't, I couldn't process like how I was supposed to go about my schedule the way that my peers could. And I, I think that's a, an, I think the biggest one is that we don't try. I, th- I don't know a single person with ADHD who does not work like so hard at everything that they try. Yeah. Yeah. Those also, they, I've heard some of those before, those misconceptions. Uh, yeah. And you're right about the, the kind of overstimulus. I remember being in a Zoom call uh, and I'm a highly sensitive person as well, right? So I take in loads of information anyway uh, um, and internalize a lot of it. And then, you know, with ADHD as well, there are all these people talking about all these things. Like we were kind of talking about tons of different topics in one hour. Like everyone, loads of people, like 20 people there and everyone was saying something. Everyone was coming up with these ideas and we were all went through remembering them and stuff. And, and I was like, whoa, like, no, this is too much. Like, I can't take all this on. Like it's, it was, it was, um, and actually they were really understanding because there were other people in the, in their community, in the, in the group who have the same, who have ADHD as well. So, uh, they were like, they were like, yeah, okay, we'll hold down for you. If you, if you need to leave, it's okay. Um, we'll send you all the information if you need it. Like, and that was really helpful actually to, to be seen. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize that that was to do with ADHD either until, recently i mean i think i always thought it was just being highly sensitive which it probably is partly down to do partly down to that taking yeah. a lot of information at once but when you combine it with adhd it's uh that's a that's a bit of a big mix yeah, and the yeah. adhd overwhelm of like what yeah like just and it can be it can be sensory like i think that's something people don't think about is like certain textures certain things that like we just can't stand. I have like misophonia. I can't tune out. Like if there's like a low repetitive noise, like in the background, I literally can't filter sound correctly, but I notice that it gets better when I'm on my meds, but like, I can't, I can't tune it out. It's like grating chalkboard (laughs) nails to me. Whereas to other people, it's like, oh, I'm just in the next room playing video games. And I'm over here. Like I can't tune it out. It doesn't matter how quiet it is. I can't, I can't tune it out. Like yeah. it's frustrating. That's the same. Yeah, I have the I saw someone tweet today about like how they're watching a movie with with um, with subtitles on, and yet all they can hear is they, they can hear a car outside playing a bit of music, and they know exactly what song it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I saw right? something like, that was like, like I watch movies with subtitles on to hear them better, and I was like, yeah, I I, I feel that. Yeah, <laughs> like there's. A lot of auditory processing that's really, really difficult for me. And I, I think it's common for people with ADHD to have difficulty with auditory processing. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, yeah, yeah, because I, yeah. Um, the, the, like even even having this conversation is helping me understand a bit more my oh, experience. Oh, they were ADHD. Ah, yeah. That makes There's sense. so much. I am learning all the time and like, I still, like I said, I'm still angry that like doctors didn't see it because now that I look back, I'm like, this was so obvious. Like, what were you doing? <laughs> like, like, 
this person who's severely depressed but also has 500 hobbies and is in literally every extracurricular and can't focus unless they run for an hour a day like they, they didn't tell you anything <laughs> like you know like, i just think about that yeah. uh, i wonder whether my inability to commit to to one subject in terms of the work that i do is part of is part of, is partly linked to that as well probably like there's so many different things i could get obsessed with and create podcasts about or write books about and things and um i have periods where i kind of go completely into those into those those worlds um like i might start obsessively watching superhero movies or or shows or you know checking out news or whatever uh, other times i'll go get really into my sport and kind of be really intensely in that uh and then you know um all the while still doing all the, the work that I actually, that I do, um, which is focused on this podcast, this podcast and, and the books that I'm trying to, trying to get going. But yeah, I could throw myself into any of those worlds and, uh, just, just go completely, not go, go completely into focusing on them because I just have those periods where I can't really, like I can't, st- I get completely obsessed with one thing for a while and then, something else and it's always the same cycle of things as well depending on the um on just when when it is yeah yeah your brain's like oh here's the dopamine source now i've used it up <laughs> like yeah. definitely yeah yeah i think that's something people don't realize can be an adhd thing um and that it's definitely something that overlaps with um, autism because a lot of actually a lot of ADHD things overlap with autism, which I, ne- I didn't know for a really long time either. But the fixation, the mm-hmm. like, I am into this, like, is very much an ADHD thing that people just don't think about. <laughs> like, I could tell you so much about like, the funeral industry and the history of death, but like, there's no reason for me to know that other than I got really, really interested in it. <laughs> Like, yeah, no. I know what you mean. I, I get into things like that for a while, like weird things. Like, um, I mean, politics is another thing. Like, for a while, I get completely intensely into politics and start tweeting about it and watching like a million documentaries on YouTube or whatever, and just yeah. getting really intensely involved. And then I'll just stop. Like, like the election last last year, for that that like literally about three weeks, I was just like completely like. Even outside the election, I was just watching documentaries about everything like, to do with politics, like because I was just completely in that in that space. Uh, and I actually am, um, I actually am on the spectrum as well. Um, I think I have Asperger's, um, and uh, yeah, I had an occupational health therapist at my old work tell me that I probably did. Um, although again, I never got a chance to get a formal diagnosis, but. Um, but it's not a surprise, you know, when highly sensitive person, mm. autistic, ADHD, you know, it's kind of connected. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of overlap with like, there's actually even a theory that ADHD might be like almost like a, a type of autism, but I don't know how much there is to back that up at this point, but that's something that I've heard is that maybe that's like maybe they're actually kind of the same thing they just present differently i but at the right now we think that they're separate but the idea that they might like have that much connection i'm like yeah no that makes sense 
I know so many people who have both. Like, I know so many people who have both. I know so many, like most, you can go through tags on Twitter and it'll be like ADHD autism is a big one. Um, the neurodiversity is very much the biggest communities that talk in there are people with ADHD, autism, or both. Like it's, yeah, it would not surprise me at all. Like if that was kind of the same developmental thing. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. Probably parts of the brain that are close, close to each other. Um, I suspect as well. I, I don't know the science, um, admittedly, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, they're from similar parts of the brain. And how does trauma impact ADHD? Or does it, I mean, it doesn't, mm. I, unclear, it doesn't cause ADHD, does it? But it, but it does it, but does that, but I, I presume it has an impact on it. Um, you are right that trauma can't cause ADHD. Um, ADHD is something like you, you have to, like your brain is just born that way. Living with untreated ADHD itself is traumatic. And then um, if on top of that, you go through trauma, like, I think um, that's what actually has contributed to uh, my derealization um, and depersonalization is my brain is very much stuck, is like what my therapist has told me is your brain got stuck in this coping mechanism to keep you safe. And so all these other things are happening around you, but your brain doesn't feel like it can shift out of it. Almost like, I, I, and I've also read some studies on it, like people with neurodiversities are more, um, neurodivergencies, I guess I should say, are more likely to do the, the um, so there's fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And we are more likely to freeze than the other types because like our brains will go, okay, I'm going to detach because that's safe. And then I'm going to stay here because that's safe. And like, I, I definitely think that they impact each other. Plus trauma, PTSD, um, derealization, um, any kind of dissociation, like that in itself, um, being a coping mechanism, like, oh, come on, train of thought, come back. See what I mean? Um, so I was, I now I remember. Um, so yeah. trauma itself, even without ADHD or any kind of neurodivergency can affect your short-term working memory. Case in point, I forgot what I was saying in the middle of that important sentence. Um, Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What are the odds of that? (laughs) I mean, like full disclosure, there was something earlier. By the time I got around to saying it, I'd forgotten what I was going to (laughs) say. You know, I mean, that happens on the podcast sometimes. I'm I'm like recording, and and I have this thing in my head to say it, and then by the time by the time I have to say something or get to say something. It's gone. So I, have to, so I think of something else because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing podcasts and I have lots of, lots of thoughts on it, lots of thoughts on what we're talking about. So I always come up with something else. But, yeah, I, I have that sometimes where I just, like, forget. Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's quite annoying when it happens. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like a sim waiting for instructions. Like, like, like please let me say something else. Like my brain's like, we don't know where you're doing. <laughs> like it's it's raining outside. And I'm like, thanks. Thanks for that unnecessary information that has nothing to do with this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. And I guess one one thing about living with ADHD is to is how to learn to have grace with yourself. Like when mm. you realize that it's actually how your brain works rather than rather than something that's wrong with you 
uh, and that, that it's perfectly okay for that for you to experience those kind of things, those kind of symptoms. Um, it's the, then it just changes everything because you stop shaming yourself. And you can have growth with yourself. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Like I, um, I have gotten to the point where like there are so many things that I do to take care of myself that I not I would I would not have done if I did not know about this. Um, like my desk at work, I have all these signs taped to the wall that are like, here are all the little rules for things you need to remember at work, like about the different processes that you do. And I have them taped right above my monitors because I'm like, otherwise I will have to look this up. Even though I, even though I feel like I know it, I'll have to look it up to make sure that I know it. And like, there are so many things like I've noticed since, um, since being diagnosed, I've also noticed like, wow, I fidget so much more than I, I thought I did. I never actually put thought into it, but I'm like constantly just like stimming, fidgeting, da, 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 da. And like, I'm not trying to hide it nearly as much anymore. Like, I'm just like, okay, like, mm. I mean, you know, hiding it just, it just, it makes me, it made me feel so inadequate. And I really like, I don't know at what point yeah, I learned yeah. to fear my brain, you know, to fear the everything going so fast and I don't want to be scared of it anymore. I want to recognize it for what it is, which is a double-edged sword. But I mean, like there are good things about ADHD too that people don't think about. Like, like it's not, it's not all bad. That's right. That's right. Um, and you're right. The fidgeting. I mean, I think that's the thing I was mentioning. I was going to mention earlier that I, I do that. Like, like when you talked about, um, you know, sitting still takes a load of energy and makes you tired. That that is the same for me. I yeah. I, I, find, I find it more I find it more more tiring to stay still than I do to like fidget. You know, and I've always fidgeted. Like I've always got these little fidget things that I do. Like even if I'm just totally relaxed. And now I again, you realise oh this is just how my brain works. Um, you know, yeah. what, are the, what are the good things about ADHD, having ADHD? Um, I would say um, one good thing is, and I guess this is kind of a double-edged sword, but like we like intensity of emotion, like, um, and I, I heard the other day that maybe we don't feel more strongly. Maybe we're just not hiding it, but like, imagine how sincere that makes you as a person. If like you, literally like you're 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 like oh i shouldn't be this excited but like your body's like jumping up and down and you're like doing like a a wiggle from side to side it's like people are like oh i can see that you're excited i can see that you know you're this or like i am i'm i'm a very sensitive person in a lot of ways and i I cry so easily at movies like media can affect me really deeply like <laughs> I, there are some things I watch just to cry if it's been a while <laughs> like it's like a mental health exercise um, yeah and the constant search for stimulation I mean almost every ADHD I know has like at least at least like five to 20 different hobbies and like at least like a few things that they're just randomly an expert in like like just Imagine like being able to focus so much on something that you might as well have gotten a degree in it. Like I, I would say that that's, that's gotta be an asset. Like, and we also tend to 
We are very good at out of the box thinking. Like there is no box. (laughs) Like it's, It's like playing six degrees of Kevin Bacon with everything all the time forever <laughs> yeah i'm just yeah it's funny because i was thinking about all the things i'm probably could be an ex could be called an expert in and i'm like wow <laughs> like because i yeah because like oh man this explains so much because i'm like an yeah. expert i'm just thinking of all the things that i could i could legitimately create work around that i know enough about that i could talk about on a podcast yeah or something and it's like wow you know, that's a lot of information in my brain. Um, yeah, 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 that is a good thing. And that, I mean, like I've always since I since I realized I was highly sensitive, I've become like and done research about that. I've been like, this is a good thing. This is like a superpower. And you know, when you look at the good, the good, the benefits of these um, of these things, it actually isn't so bad. You know, you feel like, oh, maybe I'm just like like a superhero or something. You know, maybe I've, I've just got all these powers that I can do things with, and there's like there might be a few costs to it, but ultimately, it uh, they can be really, it can be really great as well. Um, yeah. So, what would you recommend people who are just learning about ADHD for the first time, or maybe they've maybe they look maybe either they they've just been diagnosed or they think they have it and they're just trying to learn or people who don't have it, but know people who do and are just trying to, to find out any kind of resources that you recommend. Uh, yeah, I think the biggest one I would recommend um, what was most helpful to me initially was how to ADHD, the YouTube channel. Like um, she, she does so many good things. ADHD aliens, comics. Um, those are those are really really educational, and again, these are both people with ADHD, and I think that's really important. Danny Donovan um, does comics and um, also makes TikToks. Uh, one I really really like, oh, um, totally ADHD is one that I really really like. There's a few books. Um, what is one? Is it you, me, or adult ADHD? Is a really good one, and one that um, is kind of like puts a positive light on everything is the gift of adult ADD where they kind of talk about like, you know, it, I mean, it's kind of a more outdated term. Now everything falls under ADHD and then we have subtypes, but a lot of people still call it ADD. But um, like those are, that's a really good one. And I don't know if they're going to do more videos on it, but a YouTube channel I've recently got into that they did one on um, ADHD in the movie Elf is um, cinema therapy. So I would think that they're probably going to do more on it because like, because they both have ADHD and they both have kids with it. So like, they were like, oh yeah, this is exactly like, you know, my son, or this is exactly like my daughter or how I was as a kid. And like, it's, it's just really interesting to see it in that way. But those are, those are ones that I would, I really like. I'm still stocking up on resources. A surprising way I've learned a lot about neurodiversity is actually through TikTok. There are a lot of people just making amazing educational content on there. They're like, Hey, I have a minute video. I'm just going to, I'm going to teach you something. And like, it's, it's pretty incredible. Like how much of that there is on that app. Twitter is another good resource I would say. And if you can, if you can, I would say get yourself into a therapist who either has ADHD or has experience with it. Cause if you get somebody who doesn't and like, 
just is like going to be like, oh, um, why don't you try uh, just doing this? I, I hate the whole, why don't you just do this? Like, if I could, I wouldn't be in therapy. <laughs> like, but I would say that those are big ones. And I really <laughs> want to try, I want to try ADHD coaching. That would be a good idea. That would be a really cool thing. Yeah, really cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's great. And also, I recommend following Alan on social media as well, because Alan on TikTok, because she's doing a lot of great stuff there. And not just on ADHD as well, on loads of other things. So, um, yeah. Um, what would you, what would you like, one word of, I guess, encouragement, hope? inspiration to people who are struggling with ADHD right now? Um, I would say it is what you think it is. All those, um, all those like years of being told it's not what it, it's not what it is, or you can't be like that, or you like, you can't, or you can't because of X, Y, Z is, um, that's all largely a product of gaslighting. You don't deserve to be gaslit. Your brain actually does need these accommodations and it is okay to ask for them and it is okay to demand them. You deserve the accommodation that you need. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Thank you. And how can people follow you on social media? Well, if they can, um, if they can hear me over my cat who's playing in the background. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so on Twitter, it's, it, well, basically it's Secret Lady Spider everywhere. But on Twitter, and I think on Redbubble, um, the first E isn't there because they were like 15 characters is too many. So um, Secret Lady Spider on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I'm kind of got one podcast I'm meaning to start and another one that should be, um, the first one should actually be coming out the week that we're recording this. So there's that, but mostly I'm most active on Twitter. Um, Secret Lady Spider, but the first E is missing. Fantastic. Um, I'd highly recommend following Al on social media. Um, so, oh, well, thank you for coming on. It's been so great um, to chat and to talk about this subject, which is so important. And uh, yeah, I hope this has been beneficial for you, everyone listening. So, um, Thanks, Al, and um, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>